This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul on a Friday afternoon here in a beautiful wintry Johannesburg. It's a beautiful day out there, Baruch Hashem, as we get ready for another wonderful Shabbos Kodesh, Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Shalach. I hope you're having a wonderful Erev Shabbos and that everything is going exactly the way you and the Rabbani Shalom would like it would like it to go. Thank you so much for having your radios on and for tuning in to the greatest Jewish radio station in, in all of Africa, to this Soul to Soul program, which, as you know, is on the air every weekday, Monday to Friday, from 1 to 3, with some of the most outstanding uh, Jewish thinkers and speakers in, in Johannesburg, plus a lot more at other times. There's lots of other shirim and things. Uh, stay tuned to, to High FM rather than, yeah, uh, than anything else you'll, you'll definitely gain from, from the experience of the Torah content that we have on, on, on the station. Well, as I said, this week is Pasha's, Pasha's Shalach, Shalach Lacha, and the main topic, not the only topic, but the main topic that occupies quite a lot of the Pasha is, of course, the incident of, of the spies where HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu Shalach Lacha Anoshim, that uh, if you want to send send spies to the land of Israel, uh, and and the unfortunate uh, sad uh, ending that uh, that uh, that it had, where the Meraglim came back with with a bad report, you know, and and this uh, turns out to be one of the uh, the most serious sin that the Jews uh, ever uh, ever committed. Yes, uh, one could argue that the the Egel Azahav, the golden calf, was also a tremendous, tremendous uh, uh, sin. As of course, that involved uh, some form of idolatry, and that's one of the three uh, cardinal cardinal sins. But nevertheless, the punishment given as a result of the sin, the Muraglim, that the entire generation died in in the in the desert as. Uh, as well as the you know uh, the eventual destruction of both Bateh Mikdash, which happened on the same day as they came back when the Jews cried on Tishabov, shows that certainly in, in some way the sin of the Muraglim was even more serious than the sin of the Egel the Egel Hazav. And although if we just spend a moment and 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 study the the way the Torah describes the event and how the whole thing. Uh, Unfolded, so we're going to try to get a little bit of of an insight, a little bit of a clarity as to what the sin was and why the Torah views it with such with such a severity. It's quite interesting that uh, when we sort of read about the events that followed after Klaiso was told that they were no longer going to be going <coughs> to Eretz Yisrael, so the pasuk says that that morning. The Jews got up and said, no, we're ready. Now we're ready to go up to Eretz Yisrael. And, uh, and, we'll, and they went up the mountain. And Hashem said, well, Moshe said in the name of Hashem, I don't know what you're doing. Why are you, why are you doing this? Why are you going against the word of uh, Hashem? Right? It's not going to succeed. I'll tell you, don't go up to Israel because Hashem is not is not with you and uh, if you go you're going to be accosted and and uh, and demolished by the Canaanim 
who who lived there, and that in fact is what uh, is what happened. They went up, and the Amalekim and the Canaanim uh, attacked them and uh, and struck them and and chased them all the way to to uh, a place called called Charma. Uh, Rashi says over there that says uh, we we uh, we we realize they said Kichotanu. We realize yes, we 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 are penitent because. We are uh, we we sinned, and what was the sin? Says says Rashi, by the fact that we said, let us. It is better for us to go back to Mitzrayim. That was the sin. That and that they they uh, they did tshuva on. They they were penitent for having done having done that. So what Rashi seems to be saying is that by that next morning, Klaisal already. Had uh, confessed their their avera and accepted upon themselves to change their ways in the future, uh, you know, which, according to the Rambam, is a classic uh, definition of what tshuva: change their ways, undertake to behave better in the in the future. But we don't see that Hakadosh Baruch Hu, uh, a allowed them to enter. Eretz Israel, and they were really dealt this uh, this crushing this crushing blow by the by the uh, by the Amalekim. But in fact, why? If they had done tshuva, why was Hakadosh Baruch Hu so uh, reticent? Why was he not prepared at all to accept their 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 tshuva and and didn't allow them to go to to uh, to Eretz Israel? Also, it seems strange. I mean, was that really the the main thing the Jews? Did wrong was that they said, uh, "Let's go back to to uh, to Mitzrayim." Wouldn't we argue that the, the the most grievous part of the Jews' avera was that they they rejected they rejected Eretz Yisrael? The spies came back and 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 reported negatively, and the whole nation bought it hook, line, and sinker, and and started and started crying. Surely that was the main the main uh, the main uh, avera. So. In order to understand the whole the whole sugya, uh, we have to again delve perhaps into into a bit of a of a understanding of human nature, and so which is very relevant to us. There are really two ways, two different approaches that people have when they are confronted with kind of the inevitable challenges that uh, that people have in their in during their lives. The first approach is there are those people whose like main purpose in their life, the very guiding principle of their life is the quest to be successful. Whatever success is, whatever it means of me being financially, be it in in status, and whatever whatever people view as their goal, as their success. So any challenge that they run into is then a a kind of a personal obstacle that's going to stop them in their succeeding in their goals. And therefore, that's going to motivate them to kind of mount and get all their energy together and invest to over, try to overcome those, those, uh, those challenges by having in their mind the vision of the success that they, that they want to eventually achieve if they manage uh, finally to overcome this challenge and they'll fight hard to try to to try to overcome it but in the event that they see that there's like there's no chance 
for them to be able to overcome the challenge, that the, the difficulties, the obstacles are so insurmountable, they're not going to be able to do it. So they ultimately kind of abandon their, their whole endeavor as, uh, as they feel that this is, you know, it's pointless for them to continue because they're not going to get that goal, that goal anyway. That's one approach. The second approach uh, is taken by people who understand that the obstacle and, and the need to, to fight it and struggle with it is virtuous kind of in its, own, in its own merit. And therefore, when a challenge comes, they will continue to fight to overcome their challenges, even they, in the event that they see there's really no realistic chance for them to be victorious because they understand that it's not even the success that's important. They understand that the struggle that they're involved in is in itself in, in, uh, is, uh, important. It's, it's not just the end result, but the struggle itself is something that they, they need to invest in, and that's going to make them into, into greater and better, and better, uh, and better people. Uh, Chaim Brisker always used to say in, 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 in Yiddish, uh, uh, we always heard it, Medafnisht oifton medaftoin, which means that a person doesn't need in this world to accomplish, to achieve. One needs to do things. And uh, along the same line, his son, the Brisker, the Briskerov, always uh, told members, of of the Agudish Yisrael, who obviously were fighting the battle against uh, organizations that were anti-Torah and whose values were were uh, totally antithetical uh, to 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 Torah, that and they were really trying to uproot uh, uh, Yadus and and Jewish tradition. That he used to tell them, be careful not to set themselves sort of specific goals. Because if you're going to set a specific goal, so it could lead to a situation where they would choose to, let's say, in one particular issue, maybe there's a common enemy, and they will then work together. Sometimes there are things that that threaten the entire Jewish nation, and you might feel a need to work together with the these people, as, although you detest them, although you you find their their values and their and their philosophy and their and their life uh, their life veltishang uh, objectionable, but you know, Lord, say my my friend's enemy is my is is my friend. You might you might join together uh, join together with them when it comes to an issue issue of a of mutual interest. The Briskarov always warned his his Talmidim that one shouldn't do that. Because in the moment you're going to achieve those goals, that if you're going to if you're going to start cooperating with these kind of uh, with these kind of people who who really subscribe to to some kind of ideology that is you know totally against Torah beliefs, uh, and what you actually have to do is oppose them on every single issue on principle. No matter actually what the specific, what the specific issue is, and it was Rav Chaim and, and the Briskrov actually saying the same, are uh, saying the same thing that one has to appreciate the importance of the struggle itself, as opposed to focusing only on on success 
and uh, and 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 victory. Uh, you know, the Gemara talks about that, and, and there's a, the whole Sefer of Mesil Sishorim is uh, is uh, is based on it. That Rapinchas Benyori says that Torah Mavia Lidezihirus, right? Learning Torah brings one to to caution, to carefulness, and Zihirus maybe Dalizurizus, and carefulness brings one to to alacrity, etc., etc., to to Nikias, to to uh, to. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, be being be, being very very uh, spiritually clean, and and what the Gemara is telling us that regardless of the spiritual level that a person has already achieved, he has to constantly put an effort to so that it should uh, bring him even to the next to the next level, and that can only happen if one is constantly battling and putting an effort against the against the Yetzirah. The Yetzirah would like us to, you know, stay still. The inertia is, is what the Yetzirah, no growth, sort of put yourself in neutral and just kind of, you know, uh, idle. That's what the Yetzirah would like. But the Gemara Baruch says, You have to incite the Yetzirah. You always have to do battle with it. Because that is the way that a person that a person uh, uh, grows. Yes, Rashi says, "What, what does it mean?" Yargis. She means Yasem Mulchama. You have to you have to fight against against the uh, the the the, the And and the word is La'olam. You always have to. It's it's a it's an ongoing life battle that one has with one's Yetzirah, with one's evil inclination, and that's relevant to everybody, no matter of. How old you are, no matter of where you are holding in your in your service of Hashem, that that is that is that is constant. Now, what we see from this is that not only is it always necessary to fight the Yitzhahara, but the instruction to fight him always. So we see that the goal is actually the fight itself, and as such, one has to then. Uh, perhaps redefine what we call success. Is success getting a certain prize or what, what in fact is is success? It's quite interesting. The, uh, the Ksava Kabbalah says that the word matzliach, successful, is used, he says, a total of seven times in, in the Torah. The, the first three of them are, are regarding Yosef HaTzalik. The first two occurrences uh, are uh, where, where we use the word matzliach are after Yosef is sold as a slave and was purchased by by Potiphar, the the Egyptian minister. And the pasuk says there, "Vayhi Hashem es Yosef, vayhi ish matzliach." He was a successful person, and he was. The base Adonav Hamitzri, and the very next pasuk it says, "Vayar Adonav, his master Potiphar saw ki Hashem itoy, v'chol Hashem who Oisah Hashem matzliach." Everything he did, Hashem made uh, made uh, made success. Um, it's 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 interesting. He says that when Yosef was at home within the first 17 years of his life, when he was living with uh, his father, and he was Yaakov, his father's favorite son, and, and it was Zeichet to spend many, many hours learning Torah with his father, doesn't say anything there as describing Yosef as being successful, even though 
we would have thought that, kind of objectively speaking, uh, that would be they considered the greatest success. That was those were his years of real, of real, uh, of real growth. Surely, surely uh, rather than being the the head, uh, the head slave. Uh, the next time the Torah uses the word Matzliach, third time by Yosef, is now when Yosef is in jail. He's been thrown in jail due to the trumped up charges of uh, of Mrs. Mrs. Potiphar. And there it says, "Ein sarbe sasoya rois kamo uma the." The minister in charge of the jail basically did nothing. He gave everything over to Yosef. And again, whatever he did, Hashem, Hashem made, uh, made, made, made successful. So again, it would seem that Yosef had literally sunk into a new low. And now he wasn't only the head slave. Now he was the, the head, uh, the head jailer in, in, uh, in, uh, and yet the Torah describes him as being an each matzliach, as being, uh, uh, specifically as, as being successful. So it must be, therefore, that the Torah's definition of, of hatzlacha differs from how the concept is usually applied in our world. And we have to understand its, its, its nuance, its, its, its meaning in order to uh, kind of look at our own lives and, and think about what it is that we are being successful, successful. Uh, the the, uh, the Medrash says that why does it refer to Yosef as being uh, an Ish Matzliach rather than perhaps an Ish, uh, ish Tzadik? So uh, it says, uh, the Medrash quotes a, a posuk in, in Tanakh where it says, They crossed the river before before the king. So he says the word matzliach, what we call success, actually comes from the same root as vatzolchu, to cross. Meaning that you know, the word atzlocha can actually be understood as crossing over, as kind of breaking through some kind of barrier, some kind of obstacle, and Continuing, therefore, on one's on one's way. So Yosef, we understand Yosef Tzadik was noted and 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 uh, and given uh, accolades here for the fact that he continued in his own avodas Hashem, even though he was uh, in the jail, he was the slave. It didn't make a difference. He continued on his path, and for him, that was that was uh, what was called being being uh, uh, successful. We're going to wrap up this idea in a moment, but we have to take a short break. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 Chai FM. Don't run away. This is You are listening to the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. So if we understand that Hatzlocha is then the concept of facing whatever challenges come and kind of re realigning what you need to do to face the, the current challenge. So now we can understand that when, in our Pasha also, Moshe Rabbeinu tells the Jews when they really say, when they, when they want to go to Eretz Yisrael, and, and, and uh, Moshe says, you're not going to be successful. He It's not going to be successful. What is Moshe Rabbeinu actually telling them? Moshe Rabbeinu is telling that although the original goal 
had been for Klai Yisrael to enter Eretz Yisrael, as Hashem had told Moshe way, way back, all the way at the at the at the burning at the burning bush, that the the goal was to go to uh, to go to uh, Eretz Yisrael, but now that they they had messed up and they had uh, they had shown they had shown the disdain for Eretz Yisrael, Hashem changed the plan and said, right. I'm now going to make them be in the desert <clears throat> for 40 years and they're going to eat the man and they're going to drink water from the well and and the Torah will then settle inside them. That's what the Medjush says. In other words, uh, uh, the, the, the mission had been retooled. The original mission was to go to Eretz Israel, but now HaKadosh Baruch had reassigned them and given them a new mission. Their mission was they weren't going to Eretz Yisrael and they had to spend the rest of their days learning Torah, acquiring the Torah so that they'd be able to pass it on properly to their children and then the children were going to be the ones that would go into Eretz Yisrael in, instead of them. And that became their new mission, their new direction and therefore the definition of Hatzlacha according to the Torah is now overcoming the obstacles to continue now in your new mission of of Avedis, Avedis Hashem. Therefore, it would no longer be considered a success for Klai Yisrael to go to Eretz Yisrael. That wasn't for them anymore. Moshe Rabbeinu says, I know you're ready to go to Eretz Yisrael now, but we Sitzlach. Now you're barking up the wrong tree. That's not where you need to be putting your 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 koyachas. And and Rashi says. That uh, they turn around and say, oh, we understand now. We wanted to go back to Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim, for them, would have been an easy, an easy accomplishment. Can you imagine how scared the, the, uh, you know, we, we already read that in the Haftarah, that when the, the spies that Yoshua spent came to Yericho, so Rachav tells them that all the nations of the, of the, of the, of the, all of Canaan are tittering there, they're shaking in their pants because of what the Jews have done. No one wants to fight against you. Can you imagine the state of mind that Paro and the Egyptians were in? And the Jews said, oh, we're going to go back to Egypt. It would have been great. It would have been an easy life for them. They would have been chasing an easy accomplishment. And they realize now, oh, that we can't do. We can't go for the easy accomplishment. We have to fight. We'll go to Eretz Yisrael. Hashem says, no, that's too late. That's not your mission anymore. Your mission now is to, is to put yourself into your Torah, put yourself into your, into your Amun of Hashem and spend the next, and spend the next 40 years growing and developing yourself in that way so that the children you're going to send there to Israel will at least be children that are imbued, that are full of, of Torah knowledge and Amunah and, 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 and Metochen in the, in the, in the, uh, in the Rabbanish land. And that's why the, the, the Avera of the Muraglims is, is treated to be even more serious than the sin of the eagle of the eagle Azov, because it 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 posed a tremendous tremendous spiritual uh, 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 danger for for us. Because by the eagle, so okay, it was an extremely serious sin, but everyone understood that this was an avera that they had been committed was whatever whatever level of avodah it was, and it's forbidden the Torah and. You know, someone who commits it uh, obviously has uh, has distanced himself from from the Jewish from the Jewish uh, from the Jewish nation, and that was that was easy. But by the avera of the moraglim, those 
those who were involved were were seen by everyone as being upstanding and outstanding and righteous people, and it wasn't clear, in fact, that Navero was being was being uh, was being committed because they were running after what they saw as as the priority, and 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 it wasn't. And and the lesson to us is that we have to understand that our mission is to whatever it is that the Rabban Shalom throws in our way, whatever arrows are shot at us, our mission is to is to fight back. Our mission is not to relent. Our mission is to continue whatever happens in our derech of Hashem, so that Hashem, we can be matzliach. We can be successful. And success is not measured in any kind of monetary form, not in, in the kind of house you have, in the kind of position you have. It's You can be a successful person. You can have fame and, and fortune by simply doing what you have to do by simply fighting back against all the attempts of the Eight Sahara to try to slow us down, to try to get us to do to do nothing, and that is the real the real success that a Jew can 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 experience. We were discussing last week the again the uh, issue of of children who motivated as being good children as people who want to uh, help uh, might be in a, in a situation where they might come to break Shabbos, thinking that that is what the uh, the in fact the parents of uh, of of want. Right? I mean, we give the example: a child sees that the uh, the lights in the house have gone off, and he understands that his parents would really enjoy the fact that uh, he turns the light on, so they can read, so they can do whatever it is that they that they want to do. So. We said it's an obligation upon the parents to to stop to protest against him, and he should not turn on on the light, because part of the obligation of of chinuch of educating the child that falls upon a parent is to educate the child to fulfill all the mitzvahs, and included in that is not only in the positive, not only to fulfill the mitzvahs, but to stop him from doing anything negative. And even if the child is very young, the child may not even be three three years old, which already is uh, the age where we will begin to educate our children and start telling them right from, from wrong and try to stop them from doing averis, still, since we're talking about Shabbos, and Shabbos is such an important tenet of our of our faith, the halacha is very very strict about it. That as long as or as, as soon as a child is old enough to understand that what he's doing is of some uh, a benefit to his child, so that means he's doing then the malacha for them and on their on their behalf. It's, it's obligatory for the parents to stop him from doing that. And the Pasuk says that uh, there's a lois loisasa komlocha, not only uh, ato bincha, not only you, but bincha bitecha, your sons, your daughters, your entire family, all those who fall under your sphere of influence are obligated to to stop from uh, from uh, from working. And children can't do malacha even for, for us. And even... Let's say uh, not for the parents. If if uh, the neighbors, if the neighbors' lights have uh, have gone out, and and the kid wants to go and uh, and turn it on for for them, so then it's also obligatory on the on the neighbors 
The neighbors then have to stop the child that he should not do for them any kind of, uh, of, of, of malacha. And the halacha says that even God forbid if there's a, uh, a fire on, on, on Shabbos, Allah says if a child comes to put out the fire, whether it's in his own home, in the home where he lives with his parents, or whether it's in someone else's house, again, you're not allowed to allow him to, to, uh, extinguish, extinguish that fire, because since the child is old enough to understand that that is something the adults want, the adults want him to, to put out the fire, so then he's doing the malacha for them, and they have an obligation to stop him, stop him from, uh, from, from doing it. We'll come back with uh, our closing segment in a moment, but let's just go to the shops. Don't run away yet. This is Soul to Soul on 11.9 High FM. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 11.9 High FM. Just to uh, catch you up, as we always do, the salient, important details and times for this coming Shabbos. Uh, candle lighting this afternoon is no later than five minutes past five. We're at the earliest beginning of Shabbos there is. You can light candles anytime after 4.17, which is Plaga Mincha, but no later than 5.05. And Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 5.57, three minutes before six. Uh, this week is Shabbos Mavarchim. We're going to be uh, saying the blessing and uh, waving uh, already to Rosh Chodesh Tammuz. Rosh Chodesh this week will be on Wednesday and Thursday, two days of Rosh Chodesh this, uh, this uh, month. So try to be in shul for that, for the interesting laning, for the Haftarah, which also, as I said, tells the story of the spies that Yeshua sent, and a lot of, lot of learning, a lot of uh, very important lessons for for us. Back to children. Uh, we said you can't even allow a child to put out a fire, and and certainly to you know, uh, if you can't, if you have to stop a child from doing it on his own initiative, certainly. One is not allowed to tell, explicitly to tell a child to turn on the light or to extinguish a fire because we already mentioned before that it's forbidden for an adult to cause a child to be tripped up by do, by doing uh, any kind of uh, any kind of a there. And therefore, it's almost uh, self-understood that if the child made a mistake and went and put out the ch- put out the fire, didn't have a chance to tell him he went and extinguished the fire, so uh, that uh, you can't uh, you can't scream at him because uh, he has to understand himself that he has to uh, that he has to uh, uh, you know correct his ways and and uh, and learn the right way of of uh, of of doing it because uh that uh, you know, you have to. Uh, that even if you would want to do something by himself, without, without, uh, without you, you telling him. So then we have to, we have to, uh, we have to stop. But the, but the main thing is to have an open line of communication. Where you can explain to your children, obviously in an age appropriate way, what is right, what is wrong, what they can do, what they what they can't do, and 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 show confidence in that they that they will that they will listen and understand that if they. Make a mistake. You, one has to then reinforce the uh, 
the uh, the subject so that they they learn the right thing uh, the right thing to uh, to do um and again uh if a child does do malacha on on shabbos something that's forbidden on shabbos he turns on on the light so if he did it with well, a really great uh, uh a great need so we are not allowed adults are not allowed to have benefits from the malacha done by a child uh, if he did it for the adult, if he understand that his parents want the light on and he went and turned it on anyway, we are not allowed to have benefits from the malacha done. If he did it for himself, then you, then you are allowed, uh, the Be'alach says you are allowed to have benefit because he wasn't doing it for us. He was doing it uh, for himself. And then we just have to have a conversation about uh, ab- about about them. There are times where in a desperate situation, so one is allowed to tell a child to do something that is rabbinically forbidden on Shabbos. You can actually tell him to do that, but that's only in a situation of a rabbinic prohibition. We will never uh, instruct a child, we're never allowed to instruct a child in any situation to do something that is a a biblical, a Torah uh, prohibition. You can never tell a child to do that because the Torah uh, has already warned us in various places that we're not allowed to uh, cause a child to do any kind of a, an avera. Certainly not a a, a biblical, a biblical uh, uh, one. And the 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 clock is is telling us that uh, it's almost time for us to to go. Uh, just uh, don't go doesn't mean that you have to leave the station. But at three o'clock, we have the, uh, the the news coming up, and then some beautiful Jewish music to lead you into into the right kind of a Shabbos Shabbos uh, mood, uh, which is which is totally uh, uh, amazing. And and uh, you know, use Shabbos as an opportunity to 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 grow a little bit, and and growing a little bit means that uh, Moshe Feinstein has a whole idea that. Uh, when we grow, we have to concretize that. We have to take something on that will allow us to to uh, to demonstrate that area in which we've uh, in which we've uh, grown. That's something we have to do all the time. Uh, Kalevi and Yeshua, who stood up to all the other all the other spies, uh, at the end they they took on positions of authority. Kalevi became became a uh, a nasi. Yeshua became the one who would divide who would divide land. They they used the opportunity to grow. It's just an opportunity to thank you all for joining us and being part of our show today. And just wish you all a wonderful wonderful Shabbos. Take care of yourselves. Keep keep warm and look forward to the opportunity of spending some time again next week learning learning Torah. Good Shabbos and regards to everyone.